Welcome to another episode of the Monkey Business Show. Johan is back. What's up, buddy? What's up? What's up? It's been a while. I'm back. I'm more tan. You're more tan. You're 10 I'm now, at 11? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they jump. thank you. Thank you. And then we have, of course, Fear. Fear, we're so happy to have you. How are you doing, my friend? Good. It's been a long time since we've caught up, actually. Yes, yes. And we try not to talk before we start recording, so we have something to talk about. Uh, dude, I have so many things. So, uh, Johan, uh, Fear was partially my first uh, godfather into Dora, into esports, when he uh, welcomed me into Evil Geniuses. And that's where our rom bromance started. <laughs> and now we're back. And I haven't seen him for a few years since pre COVID. Yeah, it's been quite a long time back in the days of living in San Francisco. Yeah. Dude, I still look at those days with a lot of happiness and fondness. It was really fun just being there, all of us in Alameda. It was. It was definitely a lot of fun while it lasted. <laughs> while it lasted, yes. <laughs> it was good. And Johan, I've always been actually super excited to bring you both of you together because you are, in my opinion, there's a lot of similarities between both of you. And you guys have, I think, also maybe in game, again, it's the 2K editor talking like a lot of similar parts that you were like, I don't know, but have you guys ever spoken to each other like outside of the games or what is the relationship between both of you through the years? <laughs> what is the relationship? Uh, I guess we haven't talked much fear. I, I think we probably mostly talked to the summits. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah, talking, I talking a lot about fear to Sumail and stuff. Uh, so I feel like maybe I know him a bit. I don't know if that's, Mutual, but but Sumail obviously spoke very well of fear, and I've um, I've spoken more to fear about people than I probably could should have because he was kind of like after they won TI five. Um, I, I would say he was a big part of why OG played the way they did in the first iteration, and how I played, and how the the core player that we ended up picking, and also the next one and the next one how how to kind of enable it. I think, yeah, <laughs> I always say that it's way better to just steal stuff than having to make up everything on your own. And I think fear has inspired a lot of like Dora in the scene. And I, yeah, I feel like this, this might be the first time we get to maybe talk about that. I feel like it's almost a shame because uh, I've talked to all my teammates about this and, and that uh, EG roster and how they played um, and how the dynamics was, which is also, I mean, meta has changed, but, but that, that one has been quite quite a solid way to play for almost every meta. Yeah, I mean, I've lived a pretty reserved life, I would say, right? So I haven't really... T a lot of players don't know me super well unless they've played on a team with me because I don't really reach out and I'm not a very social person, I guess you can say. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, the people that know me the best are the ones that have just, like, been on teams with me. Yeah. Well, I have a massive appreciation for for Peer and to give you a little bit of a scope of how, how I met him. Um, I was fanboy and I was massive uh, fear fanboy. Still am to this day, and he knew it because I told him the first time I met him. You know, I mean, think about it. I grew, I've been in the states. I grew up with watching NA Dota, and my first day ever in Evil Geniuses is when I did the episode of A Day with Fear. So I went to his house with uh, Sarah. Was there, and I'm like, "Fuck, don't fuck it up, you know." Don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. And he was amazing. And we did the first episode ever that I ever done in esports. It was a day with fear. And I got to spend a day with him. And it was, it was awesome. I, you have no idea how many times I told that story. Dude, I called my mom after. <laughs> like, dude, you can't believe it. I just met fear. She's like, that's great. Who is fear? I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, that was pretty fun. Because that was like the first year I moved down to Southern California, right? I was mm -hmm. renting an apartment there. Had a lot of good times there. You got to come by and immortalize it. So for me too, that was pretty fun. It was, it was, it was, it was again, Johan, super, super fun boy. And then when he uh, told me, because you know, at this point also, Evil Geniuses, they, they, the boys kind of own the roster, own the team when they mm. bought it from Twitch. Yeah, yeah. So when they said, look, would you like to come with us to do more things with us? 
this is how I remember Clinton. <laughs> he said, look, I would like to have lunch with you, you know? Come and have lunch with me because if you're going to be traveling with us, you know, I want to know more about you. During that moment, I'm like, I'm going to ask this guy to marry me right now on the first lunch. <laughs> so I went there with him. We had lunch together. And he was like, you know, similar to you and said, you know, look, if you're going to be traveling with us, you know, these are the things that are that I'm about. You know, this is my philosophy. This is how I want you to be. And he was super, super welcoming. And I traveled with him after that for a few months. I think that 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 did look like a cozy time, cozy roster from the outside. Good vibes. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Like, for the most part, like, I, Dota back then, you know, back when you're traveling a lot and less online gameplay, you're just going from land to land, gave more of, like, a family atmosphere than having to be online all the time. But, yeah. you know, maybe we'll go back to that state. We'll see. <laughs> it's looking like it could be. Maybe. Yeah, it could be. That'd be nice. It's yeah. like, those are the days of Dota. You know, those are my favorite times when, like, you just go to one land, pack it up, go to the next land directly from that <laughs> airport to the next one. Like hasn't been like that in a while, but it was, it brings a lot of like a uh, bonding time with you and your teammates when you're on the road that long with each other. Yeah. And also it was kind of good because all those tournaments were, uh, that was still how you qualify for TI. I remember. So it was like three high tournaments back to back, like all of them mattered. Maybe some mattered less, but every tournament still kind of mattered. Like that was, that was really cool shit. And everybody was peaking, you know, everybody had played so much Dota in the last month. I miss those. Yeah. It was dream hack into ESL into like a summit type deal. Good times. I miss those days too. Yep. Well, and there was just also COVID. less <laughs> pre COVID days. Yep. Back when people could get a visa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Ouch. Oh man. So, dude, how is life for you? I mean, obviously, yeah, I continue to watch your stream and I continue to watch all what you're doing in the panels and all that. But mm -hmm. besides that, you know, you're still a very private uh, person. Uh, what's going on? Anything you want to share or how are you feeling about the work that you're doing right now? Oh, uh, well, work or private? That was like two questions there. <laughs> Whatever you, I, I started to ask in private and then I was like, I'm going to get a no, thank you. <laughs> so then I shifted into work. But I would oh, say it's an oh. open-ended question. So, like, yeah, my private life is just like, I've got two kids now, so I watch mm -hmm. over them Amazing. for the most part, you know, raising a four-year-old boy and now a five-month-old daughter. So oh, wow. I'm pretty busy with that. But hmm. outside of that, like, my passion is Dota and probably will always be Dota. So I decided to quit playing professionally. Well, you know, I'm just so busy now, I guess, with life, right, that I don't have time to just, like, do all the boot camps, the training. It gets a little bit draining over time, right, to do that. So... I'm trying to find another aspect of the game where I can be useful, you know, and still be able to like follow the game and do things that I enjoy within the game. So I'm exploring opportunities here. I'm looking into content creation. I'm looking into like, you know, casting stuff, paneling, whatever it might be. Anything that gets me to play and talk about Dota is really what I'm interested in right now. Without like massive boot camps and stuff like that and traveling for months at a time. I think you're talking to something that we're very familiar with <laughs> in here. If Johan has, in a way, it's like, I've, Johan, would you say that it's like fair that uh, fear is like the first generation <laughs> the, of the players and you're like immediately the one after because fear is 34 right now and you are like about to go into 30. So he's experiencing in a way your life fast forward, you know, if you move to a few years. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, no, man. I, and I hope, I hope also to have that, to try and find that kind of balance, which I think I'm, I'm also working on. I mean, that was very wise. That was very good. You know, you, you try to find yourself the happiness and, and time and balance between things you want. You know, ideally we all get to also spend time doing something that we're passionate about and, and, and work with our work with our passion, work with our hobbies. So I'm also in the same type of boat. And yeah, first generation, all of us seem some shit. <laughs> I mean, I don't even <laughs> know. If been some, it. I don't know if there's anyone out there that can talk about the first generation with Dota with me. I might be the only one. Yeah, I remember like loading. Left. I remember like loading up Reign of Chaos, right? And like pre Dota All-Stars, if you don't even know what Dota All-Stars is and <laughs> Damn, playing okay, the, the first maps, you know, that came out. I was like, I've been playing this game for like 18, I don't know, maybe 20 years of my life at this point, back when I was like 12 years old. So it, it's been a long, long, long journey for me. Mm. Damn. 
Johan, you have no idea how many times I've met people that said, oh my God, I used to play with fear. Everybody used to play with fear at some point. <laughs> I heard that so many times from the like people that have started playing all the way from the beginning, you know? The best is I was when like, oh, I used to be in a team with fear. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. The best is when you get ambushed <laughs> at some LAN event, you know, you have like all these games in your head and then some guy's like, yo, do you remember this game that we played like, you know, some five <laughs> years ago? Yeah, of course, friend. Of course, I remember this one. Yeah, I was a silencer, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was a silencer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, people have done that to me all the time, for sure. And that's like, <laughs> yeah, do you remember that game, guys? <laughs> That's when they play way less, you know? And then there's like a few games that they're definitely memorized. And then you just have like fucking 15,000 games. And they're like, yo, remember this it's one? Usually, it's usually like, <laughs> do you remember that game where you flamed me? I was that one. Girl? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I flamed too many people back in the past. I don't remember anymore. It's a, it's a new world now, you know? Like, you can, you can find the logs or you can find the. Um, the pace spin that was that was made a couple of years ago. That one was so funny, dude. I don't remember seeing you in it though. You know which one I'm talking about, right? Oh yeah, I I, I reformed. Yeah, but I, <laughs> <laughs> just in time, so he yeah, couldn't make it time. to that list. I missed the wave. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an outstanding Dota citizen now. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> I'm still not. I think I'm better than everyone. I just haven't played in like two months, you know, so I can't really fuck <laughs> it up. <laughs> I can see that you're not a degenerate anymore, you know. You have light in your eyes, you know, you have happiness, the sparkle. Uh, oh dude, I joined a Dota game three days ago and I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? You know? <laughs> just mini games. I just play mini games. Bro, that was just yesterday for me. I, I had the yeah, honor to play. Yeah, yeah, I play a lot. I stream, you know. I got flamed by GPK just yesterday. <laughs> You know, I'm in USA. All the pros are here. Say. Oh, well, yeah. you want the story? Yeah, I'm down. I so, actually want to hear it. I love your story. Okay, man. okay, okay. So I got in a game, right? Like I'm like some rank 300 trash, right? Nobody even probably knows who I am, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we get into the game, right? GPK and nothing to say are in the game. So no, GPK no. doesn't he doesn't get his mid, right? So he randoms alchemist, right? He clicks on the offlane. I pick Enigma. I'm like, all right, we're having some fun. I'll, I'll play some Enigma 4. He's playing offlane. <laughs> Alchemist, right? He goes Grievous Greed level 1. You know, in the offlane Alchemist. I'm playing Enigma. I denied. We lose our lane pretty hard. And then he just starts flaming the shit out of me for picking Enigma. <laughs> for the whole game. And we're having a good time. Oh, <laughs> uh, that sounds good. This is this, when every story, every story that starts with GPK and another mid player was in a game, it's usually not good. Seb was telling me the same thing. You know, there's people that play it fair. There's people where it's like, okay, one game I go mid, one next game you go mid. I think Thompson GPK had the same thing. Like with him, there's no such thing. Like he gets mid every fucking game. If you don't, you lose. And I, I don't know. I don't. I, I feel like I respect so much more people that have the honor. You know, you, you gotta have the honor to give it up now and again. And not just go full emo. Yeah, I mean, he was, I guess he was still playing, but he was, it's just like, it's just funny for me because like all the pros are like coming to my server now, which is, it's been so long since <laughs> US East had good players in it, right? It's been a long time. <laughs> like the international hasn't been in USA for so long and we haven't had any tournaments. There's been no summits, right? It's been pretty barren out here. So like, Finally, we're getting good players in here, and like, I, I'm not a pro player anymore, so I don't have that tag of being a pro player. So like, I'm like incognito over here, and so I get to experience like all the pro players raging at like the <laughs> the US East players, and it's actually so fucking funny to me. It's hilarious. Oh Having my a great god! Time. <laughs> it comes to my server. Have you heard of that? Right? It's like, bitch, it's been my 19 years my server. You know, <laughs> coming yeah. to my house, and you shit on the porch. No, no, no. I mean, for the most part, I it's been a great also, experience, yep. though. Like, I've, like, probably played 10 games with pro players, and I probably won 9 out of 10. Only that one uh, GPK oh, experience is the only okay. game I lost. So it's been really fun having, like, people communicate and are good at the game playing on this server. It's nice. <laughs> I still remember the TI boot camps in, in US and the US server games late night US server games. Oh my god, I've seen some shit. <laughs> That's oh every day. My god. Uh, hmm. That's amazing. The good old times. What are you playing now? Support my, mainly? Me? Oh no. Mm -hmm. God no. Like in pubs I refuse to play support. 
I play mainly offlane right now. Okay. Offlane four. Ooh. Carry. Try to avoid mid and five. Uh, unfortunately, no. Not no. Right now. Damn. I'm in the, I'm in the lone druid offlane train. Oh, I see. That type of lone druid. Incognito also. Incognito carry player. I'm yeah. offlane, guys. Like oh, Mars, I'm definitely. The, the Razor, yeah. Viper, I'm all about that. Oh, I see. I see how it is. All these fucking... Uh, the Razor is like the perfect offlane hero, right? You, you're carry now on the other carry's lane, and you're anti-carry. You're like, you, you, you fuck his game up. You take his economy. You fuck him in the fight. I can see why it's so tempting. Like, as soon as Razor came out as offlane, everybody jumped on it. Yeah, it's great. Viper too. Same thing. Mm -hmm. Love to see it. You just got to tell your mid laner to just play the stun. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's an epic moment having you both of you here. I just want to just watch you guys interact. <laughs> I mean, Dota is so beautiful right now. I think like playing like the old style of offlane, like in my opinion, just isn't very good anymore. Like where you're just like some Mars or some Dragonite and you rush a blink your mid farms like it, it's just not so good so like i think this uh new style like amar may have like brought it to everyone's attention right like playing these type of heroes it's just like it's just a nice style of dota where both your side laners are farming and your mids picking up runes and running across the map like you're really utilizing the whole map pretty well and i think that's a big <laughs> success of like amar feel like it's also been happening a bit more last year or started happening a bit last year people were looking at offlane I mean, Prophet kind of died out a bit, but then people started playing the Manta Axe and shit when it was broken. And I think people were always looking more than ever before at those types of heroes. Like CK also, it's kind of like half-half, right? Suddenly you scaled really hard into the game and you, and you took a lot more farm and now you can win it, but you can also beat that stun. Um, yeah, now I just think it's full-blown. Nobody wants to play <laughs> play a hero that falls off like Centaur. Fuck that. Centaur, <laughs> <laughs> Sand King, these heroes aren't being picked yeah, very much yeah. for a reason. No, no, no. I do enjoy, like, the casual sniper or draw mid, like, now and again. I, I like those strats. Don't see them so much, but I still like to see that now and again. Thought that was cool as well. But I, I really think that there needs to be a big change to ch shake it up a bit. You know, shake the lanes up again. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like the first five minutes is so much. There's so, so I want it to look so much different. I feel like there's so much shit still going on with the region and how the creep waves are worth still so much, and the kills are worth so little. And and it's like four minutes you can win and win or lose games depending on what happens. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I don't think it used to be so intense. I, I miss the days where Dota started uh, picking up like minute eight or ten. But maybe I'm just boomer. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Dota's a lot about creeps right now, for sure. I think it was uh, yeah. Andreas who made a post about like his Marcy getting like 20 assists, right? Versus an enemy like four who was 0-5 with 50 last hits, right? And those 50 last hits were worth more than like 20 assists. Something like that, right? It just, just kind of shows like how going for kills is like not meaningless, but it doesn't really give very much. And like the game is very much so about hitting creeps for the most part. Almost all the good teams will focus on just farming for the most yeah. part and being efficient instead of like making stuff happen in the early game. I miss the team fights. Like again, the team fights that were always happening ten minutes plus because they were also there was also so much money to get and XP to get. Um, Maybe people were also worse back in the day with stacking and, and economy. I don't know. There's always an element of, of getting better too. But again, I, I feel like so much happens in the first eight minutes that one team is usually never getting ready for that good fight in the early mid game. Um, like around the minute 10 when Tomes get on, it used, there used to be one support level six, another one getting it, you know, and maybe you'll force a fight, maybe you won't. Now it's like two mother, like you, everybody has their ultimates, minute 10 usually. The, the one guy who doesn't, he gets the tome. It's full on fucking collapse. Somebody has a beast with a dominator. The game is like, oh my God, you lost. Um, like people have very strong plays and they have insanely good laning phases. I just, I just find it so punishing. You know, some laning phases can be so punishing. And I don't know. I, I miss, I miss the more even, even early mid game, you know, not the, I got 10 more CS and now shit's going down. Yeah, I, I, you're like describing like 
I was watching you at TI, you know, like you guys were the one of the only teams I feel like that kind of played like that, where you just like got ready at 10 minutes and just ran at the opponents and your opponents didn't like didn't know how to react to that. So maybe you just yeah. need to come back and bring that back to the game. Because <laughs> I don't think yeah, anyone yeah. else other than you guys were really doing that type of style. Yeah, before, but I, you remember when it was Manila major time and it was like the team fight stuff with Phoenix and Earth Spirit and people would oh, lose yeah. their lanes, still team fight and, and a lot of money was like given around to, to both teams, like kills gave so much, both in XP and gold. Now it's like with what's happening early game, like something was different about that laning phase. There's also the investment in the stout shield for the carry in the, you know, other things for the early game. Um, now it's, everything is so fucking accelerated. I think partly because people did get better the Helm of Iron Will into Dom builds, all these things. Uh, what we were doing a lot, yeah, we were abusing the laning phase into early timings, into push. We were doing that for a very long time. But I I enjoyed mostly, in my opinion, like having these different metas at different times. I just feel like it's been the same for so long. And now the it's map always has been this. the same too. Like... And the map has been the same for so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they would just make it slightly slower again, I think... Like team fights getting there like between like after minute ten to fifteen, not getting like not feeling like the game is always lost before minute ten or at minute ten. Um, I think it would be cool to see again. I miss it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely do think um, the map not changing for a long time is it's like so boring. Also makes some points. Yes. Everyone knows where every ward spot is, what to do around each ward spot, where they're farming like, and how they're running. Yes. So everyone kind of yeah. like has figured out the map by now, and it's like, I wonder like what would change if you change the map. And like Pango players all of a sudden won't know how to play their hero, and like, <laughs> <laughs> and then people have to relearn new warding spots and how to play around them, and it adds a new level of excitement and constantly learning instead of being like at this point at a high yeah, level, yeah, everyone yeah. knows exactly where every ward spot is, what you should do around them, what the best angles and approaches are. So that probably is a part to do with it too. I think so. I think there was uh, everybody was expecting more map changes um with the last patch but when there was almost no map changes right they changed a little bit or something didn't uh, they? the map no the map is like nothing not i thought yeah. they, i thought they did a little bit of something they moved the camps remember they moved how, how long was that what they did the last patch was supposed to be also very big i don't, I don't know if it feels if it feels like it's been the same since forever it feels forever yeah. Oh, well, no, but next patch, now they gave us a date, right? Isn't that um, what I read? They actually gave us the date for the next patch? <laughs> I don't know what is like officially from Valve and what is officially just being leaked, because the last episode that we made was about the Great Confluence, and we still don't know. Slack just left me out for an hour. <laughs> and yesterday, well, a few days ago, it leaked, you know, the date for next year tournament. And if true, that means that the leaks are only three weeks. Yeah. Long. Instead of six weeks yeah. long, which is thank 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 God, it's been yeah, yeah, yeah. And another very interesting change is that for the first time, players are going to have a break after TI again, years and years asking for it, which is super important and necessary. So I hope that is true as well. Yeah, I mean, I have you guys seen the changes? No, I saw the the date change, but I wasn't sure how official that was. Mm -hmm. Of course, but that was that was it pretty much. Oh, I see. So only before September 3rd is when we're getting the next patch. That's all we got. The 7.32. Okay. Yeah. So, Johan, look, for example, if uh, the TI will finish November, let's say, October 31st, okay? And the open qualifiers start from December 11th to December 13th. And the close qualifiers right after. But if you are at first a Division, division 1 team, which makes sense that you're also in TI, you know? So you're in TI, you're on Division 1. You don't play until January 9th. So you have, for the first time ever, you know, a month and a half, two months, you know, trying to disconnect a little bit. Now, the problem is all these other people are going to be playing nonstop, you know? So if there is not a new patch, they might be just playing here longer. But we'll see. Like, dude, imagine, like, dude, imagine that you could potentially play and not play again until January. How would that yeah. feel? You've I'm excited that. for the Dota too. Like I'm really excited. I think the Dota will be a lot better since it's over three weeks instead of six. I think it will be more hype. I think it will be higher quality. I think it will be more tense. Um, I wish it was even shorter, to be honest. I still feel like three weeks online with 18 groups is very stretched out group stage. It's still going to cause a bit of the same thing of like, 
the meta getting developed really intensely in the pubs and then people may be figuring out a lot of things and a lot of things don't get shown for the first time on, on the official games. But hey, I, I think this sounds like great changes if they're true. Mm -hmm. And then there is a whole month, Johan, between the last game of the league and the major. Mm -hmm. So imagine you could potentially just say, okay, let's just go home for two yeah. weeks, you know? And then come back and boot camp for the major, which is again two weeks holiday that we don't have right now. Yeah, that sounds major. pretty. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Or you can choose to play a tournament if that's what you really feel like doing. You know, you have the, you have maybe Correct. enough time. But yeah, like that that does sound a lot better. Also for this competitiveness. I mean, I think it sounds and, really nice. And uh, fear to bring yeah. it back to you. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say like you in a way had to or have to choose to stop playing because it was not really compatible with anything else. Could you see that if the schedule had been like this, it would have been maybe a better way for you not to have to leave the game or things like well, that? Probably not, just because in North America, it's pretty dry over here as far as like opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> as far as like competitive side, right? We got a couple of good teams, right? And it's nice to see that like TSM got picked up recently. But back before, it's like EG was the only sponsored team when I was playing, right? It was like EG and then the rest of Division 2 and the rest of Division 1, nobody was sponsored, right? And it was, so for Quincy me... Quincy also just, got picked up now, right? Yeah, Quincy just got picked up too. So it's really nice to see that uh, NA is, like, growing a bit now. Mm -hmm. It's really nice to see. But will I come back? Probably not. I'm too old, got too many responsibilities. I, I do enjoy, like, doing the broadcasting side of things, so I'm going to stick with this. From what I heard from Seb, I think, as a joke, he's like, I'm one more fucking interview from <laughs> Jatoro to coming back and clapping him. <laughs> It's like, I can't take this kid. It's like, if he says one more fucking time, <laughs> ECOG, you know, I'm going to have to put him well, on I've got place. some beef there, so, huh? That's what drives. I see, I see. No beef. It's just, for fun, you know. for fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's, remember like two years ago when he said, like, I'm offended that these teams think that they yeah. can beat me, you know? <laughs> I think it's, it's like that, you know? Yeah, it's pretty funny, actually. We'll, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah. Who knows what the future uh -huh. has in store? Maybe I'll bring out the jersey uh -huh. at... 40 years old and come back and go for another championship. Hey, Tom Brady, remember? <laughs> Tom Brady, yeah. So, uh, Johan, when when we did the, the Fear is Back video, I we did it in his house and it was like the whole idea was like, Tom Brady, they say it's too old, too old, too old. But dude, that was like six years ago when we made that video, four years ago, five years, I don't know. And Tom Brady's still fucking <laughs> playing. He's 45. So, hey, if he can do it, you can do it, you know? It's yeah. possible. Yeah. I um, mean, things get more complicated when you when you have certain commitments. You know, I I also feel like having the having the dogs is going to make it super hard for me to even consider. Um, but yeah, the, I think the system. I mean, God bless whoever ends up playing the next uh, next DBC. You, uh, it's I think it's a big step in the right direction. I'm happy for for them. You know, happy for them all. Um, if it's true, yeah. <laughs> if it's true. I think it is. Huh? I have a feeling that it is. Yeah. And if it's not, imagine, dude, imagine, like, okay, let's just go like tinfoil hat theory uh, here. I think that they might have licked it themselves to see if people say, oh, is it good or bad? <laughs> and everybody says, this is great. It's like, okay, this is exactly what we wanted, you know? We thought about it for months. And if people were like, what the fuck is this shit? We're like, well, no, no, that's not no, our plan. No, <laughs> fake news, fake news, another fake passion. Yeah. Fake news. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> That's what I would do. It's really know? smart, actually. It's really smart. Test the waters. Yeah. It's like, oh, like, oops, it's oops. Big, oops. Big, who's who's going to make a Reddit account? <laughs> Bruno, Bruno, can you put <laughs> I could see that happening. That does not sound like a bad idea. I I actually think that that you're, you're right. It's not so tinfoil. Yeah. And Johan, look, I have a, a confession to make to you. And we talked about this before. I think I fell with in, in love with the idea of the player own org. Again, it was EG and it was Fear and, and PPD and, and the boys when they own the team because I don't know how much of this is public, but so pretty much uh, Alex Garfield, you know, was the owner of mm -hmm. Evil Geniuses and yeah. Alliance. And there was this company and he sold this company to Twitch, yeah. to Amazon. And then Amazon had Alliance and EG and they didn't really do much with that for two years. And that's when the boys got together and said, okay, we actually want to take it from you and we're going to buy it from you. And the players became the owners of Evil Geniuses and Lora and 
AK and Bulldog and, and such became the owners of Alliance. So when I joined EG, EG was, we just got it from Twitch. We don't have any infrastructure, anything. It's just Phil taking over the Dota team. And then PPD Peter became the CEO of the company. So it was really like a garage <laughs> like team. And it was so intact and so pure and so fun because it was nothing but them, you know? It was literally fear and feel and uh, Sarah and universe and all of us living in the house together uh, at months at a time and sitting down together thinking, okay, we still have to play and what the fuck do we do with the company, you know? And all those things that you went later through, you know, Johan? Mm. And I fell in love with that idea of the intact EG. And then EG became something completely different. So my only love that I had for that team became OG. OG is the place to go because they're still doing it, you know, and they're more advanced on this. But dude, do you look back to those days fear and think about what if we have done more with the company? What if we like just running ourselves? I mean, yeah, for sure. Or... I mean, wish we could have done more with it, but it's like always so difficult to manage a team, like an organization while still performing at the same time as like competitors, right? Like that balance it's is a, like incredibly hard to like hit. It's not realistic. Yeah, it's. Re I don't think it's possible, right? So like, it's so far from realistic in my opinion. Because like, I mean, you did it for a few yeah, years. To Oof, yeah, to compete, right? Like you have to give it your everything because the people you're playing against, you know, they're doing that, right? And nobody out there is just like that much better where they can just like dedicate a little bit of time to the game and still be the best right maybe you can do that for a little bit but it's not like sustainable while doing something else on the side right yeah at least depends on what you what you call like again a success or how low your standard can be i can say og has been more of a shell company than it was like true entertainment company until a couple years ago like for the most for, for the first many years it was just you know talks about doing more doing more but never having the time yeah for sure i can imagine that yeah <laughs> yeah but dude honestly even after last year eh, johan Sepp, and i were in meetings sometimes five minutes before <laughs> they were playing and he was like oh it's so hard i'm sorry i don't want to talk about this i'm sorry i'm sorry and they were like yeah yeah i'm sorry too so it was it's been it's yeah so you have to get in the right headspace for like both of them right like if you have a match you have to get in uh, the headspace for that uh, but then you have mm -hmm. business before that you're gonna kind of like ruin your match right so it definitely sounds like impossible but i i wish back then i would have made a different approach i guess to the the company maybe and just like took more of like uh less of a player role i suppose and go more of like a management style because, like, I think I was just so competitive, right? And I just loved playing. And I don't really regret it by any means. But, like, looking back, like, maybe building something in North America in the long run would have been better than instead of, like, clinging on to the playing days for the last couple of years. And there was, like, so much esteem and so much momentum in Evil Genius back then, Johan. It's like they owned all North America. There was nothing around, nothing grew mm -hmm. around them in many ways. And, you know, it was the dream, the players owning the team finally and all that. And I think, look, for me, I spoke about this privately a few times, but I'm going to speak about this publicly today and we'll see what makes it the team. Uh, Clinton, sorry that I'm going to bring a few complicated memories, mm -hmm. but I was actually one of the people that own equity in EG. It was the players, Phil and me. Mm -hmm. And... There was something that changed for me is when they kicked universe and then when they kicked you. Mm -hmm. So the story, how I remember is that after, so it was the, we just finished the tournament and fear flew back home immediately because Logan was just born. Yeah. And mid tournament you got kicked that <laughs> night. I did. <laughs> yes. So Johan, think about it. Okay. Logan, his firstborn son was born mid-tournament, he stayed, and the moment that the tournament finished, he flew back and he got kicked that night. Yeah, that's when like. Fly joined EG, actually. <laughs> that, that was the time. And yeah, it's like, my son was born early, right? So I, I he was actually going, I was going to be back from that tournament a couple weeks before, but he was born, I think, three weeks early. And it was like mid-tournament, and I was like, holy shit. So I just like stayed up the whole night, right, just on call. 
and like kind of like the the doctor's room like watching the birth right through video and then i had to play the next morning it was uh yeah it was a pretty rough day <laughs> then i flew back immediately after and then all that transpired so that is the story indeed of what happened that's a story so you see the intertwined lives johan of your life his <laughs> life on the other side and one event that changed both of your lives at the same time yeah i mean i'm sure i'm sure many decisions change many things this definitely changes things but i think at the end of the day all the all these all decisions are great as long as you know you're they're done in the right order you try to take care you know sometimes it's not easy and i guess these these environments it's been really hard to have certain conversations with people about money trust do you believe in them do they believe in this guy let's change this or let's get a new coach or this and that and i don't know i feel like the hardest part is just starting the conversation most of the time it just starts getting nasty and more complicated when you don't do it um and sometimes people just have a really hard time speaking their mind i mean talking to a lot of other players is like it's a lot of just social skills and parenting. It feels like sometimes, you know, I was like, yes, you can say it. Yes, this is a safe space. Yes, we should talk about this. Just face it, you know? And um, yeah, I think that's been the story for a lot of poorly, what ends up being described as poorly made decisions or, or whatever. It's just the process has been skipped or something has been skipped. And yeah, and things feel really bad, you know? That thing looks really fucked up. Uh, or that whole event from my point of view as well but at the end of the day i can also see it and now i can see it better um when you hear more when you learn more but yeah it was poorly done poorly executed i mean yeah it does sound messed up when, when you listen to it but i think i think your team was struggling too my team definitely was struggling right and i think both teams i, I don't know like result wise right for i could say for sure eg was not doing well right so like we wanted to make some change. I think that was the iteration where I was playing mid, where it kind of got it got really messed up somewhere along the line, right? Because like I was, I think we moved Universe out, right? And then we're moving. So it was Universe was the tournament before. So Universe was in John Copping when you guys decided to part ways. I think. Yeah, and then in, in Sweden, Sumel went offlane, right? And then I went out of retirement <laughs> to come back in, right? And I was supposed to play carry, and then Arteezy was going to be the mid player, right? Or we're going to kind of adopt the, you know, the Matumbo Man style, right? When he played on Liquid, where... Yeah, you were playing carry, I think, in that version. Sacri because you were playing four and carry, remember? You played four at one point with the, the Linas and all that. Oh, the, the iteration where Universal was gone, and then I got kicked later. I was... I got moved to the mid role, right? This is... I was playing DK okay. mid, Viper gotcha. mid. Like, that was not originally how we thought it would go, right? It's supposed to be like, you know, I'm going to play say I'm going to be the carry player, right? Like Matumbo Man was the carry and Miracle was, you know, the mid, as you'll quote it. But Miracle always just played the hero that the TBs or the invokers, whatever got high farm priority, right? That was supposed to be Arteezy, right? But instead, like somewhere down the line, I just played Dragonite first pick, Viper first pick every game, right? Just got left on an island mid, just kind of went 0 and 10 every game. <laughs> Nothing great. There. We got Sumel in the offlane. Oh <laughs> Sumel in the offlane. Oh my god! What the fuck are you guys doing? What the fuck yeah, so are I just got like doing? super sacked. I don't know what happened there. I didn't really agree to that. I thought I was gonna be the carry player. I'd play mid occasionally, right, on maybe some Pugna or Veno, some cheese, right. But it didn't really work out. I was pretty depressed playing that role myself. I wasn't like performing really well. Obviously, didn't really plan on being a mid player. And things just kind of got messed up and the team didn't do very well. And we shortly realized there needed to be some changes. Even I realized there needed to be some changes. And maybe I thought I should be the one to go to, right? But like we didn't really have that conversation well enough, I, I guess you should say. Wow. <laughs> so, Johan, I was. So, the, the timeline is it was John Copping and then it was Birmingham, right? It's Birmingham where everything exploded yeah. from both teams. Mm -hmm. I did not even go to Birmingham. Because after Universe got kicked, I started losing passion also for the project because I was doing Life of a Genius with them and traveling with them. And I stayed back to finish that episode. And then I was like, what am I doing? You know, Immortals already was calling me to move into another team. And then this happened. And I was like, fuck, you know, like in a way I was here, the fanboy, fierce fanboy. And for me, the whole project lost interest. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's, it's I mean, I've since then, of course, heard so many things you, from Sumail about yeah. UG and stories about, yeah, the new management and stuff. Like, it does sound like things took a turn. Uh, I think that got very tricky, very complicated. I look, I, I actually like a lot Nicole, the new CEO. I cannot speak about what happened in the transition. I like what they're doing right now. And I like what we had all the way at the beginning, you know? I just don't know what happened in the middle. I was not there. No. So, but I know that, I mean, you know this fear, but Sumail has immense amount of love for you. Of course. He continues to talk about you. What you do you think of Sumail and Nigma? Oh, I think it's a great fit. Like, he's been wanting to play with Kuroki even back when he was on Ichi. <laughs> like, he's told me he's wanted to play with Kuroki and that squad for a long time. So, mm -hmm. I'm like really excited to see that he finally gets to achieve that, right? So, I think. It would have been even more hype if it happened a couple of years ago, but we'll see what they can do with this roster. And I'm definitely excited to like see. I guess they still have to qualify for TI, right? But yeah, the I'd EU love to see them. going to be so hype. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's definitely going to be super hype. I'm going to be watching all of it for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Same. I was thinking of doing the EU hub, cast all the games or like all the hype games, follow Enigma all the way through. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone's super excited about Nigma because, like, mm -hmm. I do YouTube stuff now, right? And anything that I do that covers mm -hmm. Nigma gets like ten times the view, right? Just everyone want, is super hyped about them. They want to see all their stuff, or just want to trash talk. Everybody loves to kick someone when they're <laughs> done, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess both ways, right? Division two team. You got the fanboys. You got the haters. Everyone's there, regardless, yeah. right? It's the talk of the town. Yep, 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 yep. We, we know that very well. <laughs> yeah. I think that Nigma looks incredible, but how do you guys feel from your professional opinion? Do they look good? I mean, they look good enough oh, for Division 2. Just kidding. Not kidding. But <laughs> <laughs> They're in Division 1 now, technically. They technically, yeah, yeah. But no, I think they look, they look like they had a groove going. Like, they actually looked pretty good, I would say. Um, much better than before. Yeah, in a lot of ways, I feel like Miracle's playing like... Sort of like how I did for Sumel, right? He's playing very active. He's not being that super greedy carry that we normally see him as playing the mm -hmm. Terror Blades and mm -hmm. stuff. He's playing like Monkey Kings. He's playing Tiny. He's like getting really active. There's remnants of like the old Liquid with Kuroki on it. You know how that team was so dominant for a long time and how yeah. aggressive they were, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're seeing remnants of that too. So I think for a lot of fans, they're hyped to like see that aggression come back and signs of life again for that roster. <laughs> and do you like the new secret roster? I... Now that they have announced it? Uh, I guess. I mean, I'm not a fanboy or anything, but it definitely looks like an upgrade from <laughs> the last iteration. Yeah. I'm not sold on like secrets back or anything yet. We'll see what they can do. They did pretty well at the last LAN with the resolution Zayak. It made a lot more sense than yeah. uh, they've just been changing roster a lot, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or unfortunately, had things happen, and then the, all of a sudden, Zayats and Isis Ice were a duo, and I got kind of weird. <laughs> so it makes more sense for them to go this route. I think it makes a lot more sense as well. I mean, the team makes a lot more sense now together. And I think that in the offline, they actually speak in their own language, and they're not speaking English. I think. Yeah, they said that. In, Poppy said that in so an interview. Yeah, very fun dynamic. It's like Crystalis mm -hmm. and him are speaking English. Syats and Resolution are speaking Ukrainian or Russian in the offlane. And then, you know, Nisha's probably just not talking at all. Who knows? <laughs> I would just start talking Danish to myself as well. Like, fuck that. If everybody's doing their own thing, like, screw it. <laughs> Dude, Johan, I think that Fear is one of the most underrated funny comedians. He has these deadpan comments that it just cracks me up. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, my God. Did you, did you both watch uh, Cold Pursuit? With Liam Neeson, no, uh, so it's kind of like a, it's kind of no. like a dark, uh, dark comedy um, on the Taken on on his role that he has in like Taken and and some of those other movies where he is like always okay. this fucking guy out for revenge and whatever. And we walked into a movie theater, me and my friend Saad, and we we, we saw there was a Liam Neeson movie and it was called uh, Cold Pursuit, I think. Yeah, Cold Pursuit. Okay. And we expected just another one, like another fucking Taken or another Liam Neeson movie. 
and it just starts and we kind of it's, it's really funny but we're not nobody's laughing in the movie theater and we're we're not sure whether or not to laugh whether this is like <laughs> fucking satire or if it's for real but obviously it's satire we start getting it very quickly and then we start laughing and it's even funnier because no i think everybody in that movie theater didn't know what to expect so nobody was laughing at first but then yeah yeah it, it it picked up but that that kind of that kind of humor was fucking good that movie is really good especially if you've seen like one or two of the taken movies then it gets so much better that's amazing i'm watching the trailer right now so i will say that rotten tomatoes does not think it was a satire because they gave in grace like not a good movie maybe they didn't get the jokes uh okay well bringing it back uh, to dota uh so we have discussed about the schedule the great confluence uh, we have enigma and we have secret uh, what do you think about OG? Uh, now that you can give us the, the true uh, view of you, of our team. From me? Sure. Yeah, of course. What do I, about your gameplay or what, the organization or Whatever what? Whatever you want. Whatever. The, I think you guys trolls, have a, a beautiful organization. I love what you guys have done over there, you know, going player owned and then building what you have to, you know, being successful. Very admirable. And I enjoyed watching you guys grow and become what you are today as a team the new team right um i personally like my unbiased opinion i really enjoyed watching you guys play at stockholm right i thought you guys are incredibly good with seb of course looked really good and you're gonna have him again here and i saw you guys play recently without him and i can definitely see the energy seb brings to the team and the passion he brings it's like it's so noticeable to watch in game, right? Like you guys are great with Misha too, but like something about like his leadership in game is just so inspiring to watch, you know, like he has like, he must have really good communication. I've never played with him personally, but just like watching him stand him randomly and seeing how a team performs like differently and moves differently on the map, just having that one person in there is like super noticeable to me. So I obviously you guys probably won't have a lot of comments on that, but I just want to give a shout out to like, you know, Seb, he hasn't played five before moves in. And then I just like the way that team performed at Stockholm and their movements and map movements were super hype. And I'm very interested to see on how that's going to transition into Arlington, if he can manage to do that again or not. Yeah. No, I mean, no doubt. Seb brings a lot to any team. <laughs> I think he brings so much both as a player and, what he brings around. I mean, we're trying really hard to create, you know, a, a new project with the OG DNA and a project that hopefully is self, self-running. Um, if Mission True could start getting visas, we could start seeing more of, more of that as well and see how that's actually going. Uh, I think their performance they had in, uh, in the last tournament in Saudi where they lost to LGD, it was it was great. Uh, they they played they amazing. Yeah, they I think really that's also the OG that I hope to see for TI. Um, just with, you know, more, even more heroes, even more improvement, even more this and that. But I, I already think that they are on that path. I think they're going to be able to be good enough for this TI. Uh, I think they're almost already there. But you have some of these top teams in the world that, you know, you still want to get better than them and you want to make sure that you can beat them reliably. Yeah. Um, sure. So, yeah, I hope at some point all the lessons that Seb will give them, all the things that I could tell them, all of that gets absorbed and that they one day don't even need us and will tell us like better shit or shit that's even more correct or built on what what we have learned as well and built on their own lessons and own experience that's the whole goal um but now yeah Seb, one more last ride let's see i think the best thing about it is definitely <laughs> how much they can learn in a way it's like fuck the major right like it's great it would be cool it would be great if they want another one but more importantly it's just to learn for ti yeah, I think the hard part is, right, is knowing... So you can, you can have ideas about the game. You can talk about them. You will you can know what to do after watching a game. But what is very hard is to sometimes see it mm -hmm. in the game and implement that yeah. idea, right? And I think that's something a lot of people struggle yeah. with. And, like, what I think... What I mentioned with Seb and what I think is good is, like, and why I thought he brought a lot of life to the team while he's standing. Because I feel like he's very good at implementing his idea into real time into the game right and making it happen so if that's something like most people like you can talk about dota all the time but it takes like a certain talent to be able to like know what to do and actually execute it right and that's something a lot of players are striving to do and improve on every day yeah i think that's always been also our strength in og like seven me has been words like 
finding the right words, right words at the right time is can be very powerful. Sometimes you need to say shit in the game as well and have people try and understand and listen. But even more good things can be said before games when you have, you know, ample time, so much time, and you can explain strategies, ideas, whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't get better than, than with him, from my experience either. I think everybody who gets a chance with Seb to get a Seb speech is, is, is lucky. Great, great <laughs> speeches. <laughs> So, uh, Fior, to give you, a, we talk about this in other podcasts, but so Johan and, and Sepp were on the major, you know, and they have to, in a way, wrangle or, or mm -hmm. boy scout the younglings and the interactions were so funny from the outside. I got the first day there and the manager is like, oh my God, it was so bad today. It was so bad today. And then I talked to Johan and said, are you guys okay? These guys are laughing. It's like, yeah, dude, it's okay. We've seen this. It's like, we've seen this movie so many times, you know, like come on <laughs> like it's the first time that they're watching this movie but we've we've seen this one 30 times you know and now we're gonna tell them this we're gonna tell them that and then we'll be up to them you know how much they want to follow how much they want to observe but we saw even within the major a huge change in the team yeah that's oh, funny young young players they are so special bro and also amar with a basketball he'd never touched a basketball his whole life that was also oh my sight to behold yeah, yeah you know the kids <laughs> they like they they hit the ball he couldn't stop hitting the ball down like bonk a bonk a bonk you know like there was no flow good you play basketball sports, by the way yeah. uh, mm -hmm. i do mm -hmm. i uh, had a lot of ball sports from my youth and athletics a lot of gamers records. it's funny watching what is that Racket sports or no? Yeah, I play tennis. Oh, okay, nice. Well, tennis, basketball, American football, soccer, all the games. Oh. Tried everything except for some of like the. I never did handball and some of those European sports. <laughs> the soccer, is, soccer is, is this now American? <laughs> Soccer is definitely American, yeah. Oh wow! Oh wow! Okay, all right. I see. Yeah, you always I mean, been into sports. I mean, soccer American, football is European. Mm -hmm. You've always been a lot into sports. I remember. Yeah. You still playing? You guys just uh, a little bit. I just actually signed up for a membership to go play tennis again and basketball. Oh, so awesome. I'm getting back into it. Yeah. Every single time we play something together, one of us gets injured, and then we suck because we're <laughs> yeah. old. <laughs> I'm an athletic. We play football. I broke my ankle. Johan fucked his, oh, his, no. his thing. I was like, okay, maybe we should not play football, you know? It's about consistency. I'm consistently bad. I'm consistently injured. Consistently bad. Consistently <laughs> injured. <laughs> so. I'm, I'm very good. I'm very consistent at it. Jeez. I mean, I luckily for me, I don't I don't think I've ever broken a bone in my mm. body in my entire life, and I've played tons of sports. Really? I did skate. Yeah, You've never I've broken even a did bone. Never broken a bone in my life. I even did like uh, skateboarding, rollerblading, like all the extreme sports too. And I've somehow have been lucky enough, or my bones are just really strong. You know, I was so. gonna say, don't worry, dude. I broke enough for both of us. So the average is still maintained. Oh, you know? thank you. <laughs> okay, we're like linked together. In I some did way. my best to compensate for both of us <laughs> for the whole world. Yeah, I spent. Damn, that's impressive. I don't often meet people that never broke anything. Mm -mm. Yeah. Drank a lot of milk as a kid, I guess. Strong bones. Yeah, I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. I couldn't drink milk. That's it. That's the problem right that's there. That's the problem. Uh, how's the arm? I remember you had um, was it inflammation or something. Uh, Yeah. So that was in 2014. It was in December. Hmm? I couldn't go to like TI, right? Because I couldn't even like brush my teeth, right? Like, Are you I couldn't serious? hold a toothbrush. Yeah, I couldn't even uh, like hold the tooth. It was so bad. It was like shaking. Was it inflammation or? Uh, right now there's no. I went to like so many doctors, and not a single doctor could give me an accurate diagnosis. Right. Wow. But it, for the most part, it was just inflammation, just overuse injury, mm -hmm. and like it just happened instantly. Like one day, I just started clicking on the mouse, and it was just like it hurts in my arm, right? Not in my wrist or anything, like in my forearm area. It oh. just hurt with every single click, and I was like, all right, I can't go to. I think it was a dream hack that was coming up, right? So they grabbed Envy, and Envy stood in for that dream hack. And then after that, I was just like, maybe it'll go away in a couple of weeks, and it just didn't, right? So I ended up having to like just miss that TI entirely. And I kind of like wow. nursed it back up, and then for TI5, I came back, you know, 
took the a bunch of ibuprofen, like topical creams, just played through the pain. I was just really passionate for the game. Shit. It st still hurt pretty badly, but I limited my games and I was very smart about it. And it's gotten better over time, but it's definitely still there, right? Like I played really? kind of 12 games yesterday and I was, I'm okay, right? But when I was playing professionally, it was definitely a big roadblock for me to like have to think about the pain while you're trying to concentrate on the game, right? Like it's that this factor that most people don't have to do. Normally you can just be zoned into the game, but every once in a while, like you're just, you have to look at your arm and massage yourself real quick because there's pain flaring up. It's definitely really annoying and definitely a big part of why I wanted to retire in 2017. Mm -hmm. For TI7, I stepped down because like I just didn't want to deal with that anymore and just let it fully heal. And I don't think it'll ever fully heal, but for the it's manageable now. And it's at a point where, you know, I played, I think it was like 12 games on stream. And, you know, that's like a record for me for the most part. So it's getting a lot better. And I think it lower pressure environments too, where I'm just chilling and I can take my time and not have to play X amount of games in a row. It's always nice for me. So, so what really worked the best for you? Do you, do you remember like what's the remedies that were the, the practices that did the most? The gun uh, that you had, the massage gun? The thera. I I don't know. I tried everything. Mm -hmm. This is the hypervolt I, I was using, mm -hmm. right? So like, I don't. I think like to think that helped, right? But like, there's no guarantee. The number one thing that I know for a fact worked is rest. <laughs> Not stressing it for sure helps the most. And I also do believe uh, exercise helps a lot too. Strengthening uh, weight training. But not mm. overdoing it. it. It was like a very fine balance for if anyone has like right, this type right, of RSI right. pains. Like if you overdo it, you're gonna get a flare up and it's gonna hurt again, right? Yeah. So but if hand. you do it just yep. right, you'll be able to strengthen yourself without getting hurt again. So it was a thing that every single time he will finish a game, you know, he will put his elbow in ice and he will have the massage gun and all that. It became like a constant thing that he had to do, you know. But we were there in Alameda. Yeah, I mean, I do. I do believe stretching between every game is a good practice. Um, I think. I, I mean, if players can get on it early, then they will most likely be able to curb lots of things before it, it flares up. You know, like backs or, or or arms or wrists, and just pay some attention to it. You know, I mean, most players don't bat an eye and don't give a fuck, and they ends up yeah. posture as well. I was gonna say. Yeah, posture, exactly. <laughs> Chair, table, how your shoulders are, how you're resting. If you're going to spend one hour sitting in any position, make sure it's good. You know? Thor Thor has the are... best posture i ever seen in my life. He had like the perfect study <laughs> arm. He would pull like, dude, I still have the, the things that I bought from, uh, that you ordered, the elbow oh, pillows. the elbow pillow? Yeah. <laughs> so, Johan, got you got elbow pillows I'm here. I'm showing you my camera right now. Here it is. Uh, you can't see it right now, but everyone else will later. I still have elbow pillows. In, in, They're amazing, in aren't they? Like, mm -hmm. Just comfort at this point. Yeah. Because it was, yeah, it was like he had the perfect posture and he was playing. But yeah, dude, if you had like a, a few advice that you could give to the new players, a new generation, what would it be? Anything from life to saving money to uh, how to build a team. Oh, I mean, that, that's, there's a lot of stuff, I guess. Like, number one would be your health, right? Always. Take care of your health. And I think for players that want to have like a long career, like luckily for me, even though I did have an injury, like I'd say it ruined my career, but like I somehow won a TI after getting injured. Don't know how that happened, but regardless, I'd rather <laughs> that not happen. Right. So just focus on your posture. And you mentioned how my posture is good. Like it always hasn't been good. That's probably part of the reason why I got injured. Right. It was very trained. I trained myself to have good posture at some point. I used to play with no armrests, you know, slouched, had really bad posture. So keep a good eye on your health, you know, you know, go to the gym every once in a while. If you can eat healthy, have good posture, take care of yourself. Because as you get older, if you don't, you'll learn that'll catch up to you real fast. Yeah. I think that a lot of people will take that for granted and they probably in your, your mid twenties, you don't think you're ever going to get old. Right. But it's not that far away. Trust me. <laughs> It's not mm. that far away. I'm very glad that I have you here saying this at 34 because I literally said this to many people. It's like you feel that you're indestructible right now in your 20s. 
but fuck the back pain that you have in your 30s the the way that you used to eat in your 20s you, you're not allowed to do that in your 30s you will not go to sleep <laughs> you can so. yeah, you can feel like you're indestructible in your 30s too if you take care of yourself that's mm-hmm. all it is though right you just can't just go on cruise control and live <clears throat> life always how you have you know sleeping four hours a day you know going to bed at four o'clock in the morning waking up at 10 you know you can't do that anymore while eating like doritos and having a horrible diet and not have issues you know bad posture put it all together not exercising if you exercise you can still have like great health and feel great about yourself yeah i meant to that yeah johan is big in health as well and so you know that the OG team lives in his house. Are you aware of this story or how? This I, I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. So Johan, uh, he created like the the fantasy uh, bootcamp place. He wanted specific things that he felt that it will make the team better. The whole or com- the whole house is like open up to the grass and the field, and there's a lot of like the doors completely open, you know, to the field, and there's like outdoor pool, gym the chef, the volleyball court, and he's planting now. He's like growing his own vegetables. <laughs> Is that... Oh, really? What mm-hmm. are you growing? Uh, potato farmer here. <laughs> well, we have put, we've, we've harvested a few things already. We harvested potatoes, uh, tomatoes, um, carrots, lots of broccoli. We had broccoli yesterday too uh, from the garden. It was really nice. Um, who, who does the gardening? Is it one of the... Maybe. You do the gardening? Oh, I'm nice. doing, I've been doing all of it, but now I'm now I'm kind of I, I got really tired of the bins. I bought some black raised garden bins, but they're too narrow and they're also black uh, or dark colors, so they absorb the sun. They get too hot. Uh, it's not good. It's not the ideal soil conditions. And for me, is that's what the whole point is: is like to have the best organic soil possible, so you can have the tastiest, most organic vegetables possible. You know, and nice and sweet and big and whatever. So I I'm kind of redoing a lot of things right now so it's a lot of really moving shit around yeah because i'm gonna take all the bins i'm not gonna at least grow vegetables in them anymore and i need like a really good steady compost uh, production like high so- like high soil production because i need a lot of soil so is monumental uh, process and project and it's now i'm also learning irrigation so maybe in a year or so I'll, I'll say that i feel smart about gardening but for now i'm just like just about learning and trying to make some good compost you already sound pretty smart about it to me. <laughs> he uses a lot of videos on YouTube about yeah, it. Yeah. YouTube is my teacher, man. <laughs> can it's see learn teacher. everything on the internet. Yeah, it really yeah, is. You like, can. Yes. Johan, are you gonna plant it on the ground now? Is that your idea? No more cases? No, no, more no, 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 no. No, I still want raised garden bins. Like there's a lot of okay. benefits to raised garden bins, um, other than them just being more fun. Like doing it on the ground at all time, like we're talking about old age and back issues. It's so much more fun never having to, you know, bend over like as your first thing in the morning. Um, but some things can go in the ground, surely. Like some of the plants are, are, are better in the ground as well. Um, but yeah, it's cool. It's going to look so much better what we're doing now. So we're moving bricks around, doing a brick wall instead and making it a lot thicker. And it's like mm, awesome. curved instead of just square. No more squares. Squares are banned. It's all no just circles and snakes and whatever now. Yes, yes. <laughs> So what I was saying here, they have like the house there. And I think that I was going to segue to something is like, I feel that Johan and Seb has, have had a lot of impact in the roster and also other things that we want to do inside OG with other rosters. And I think always had like the idea that you could do this as well for another roster, you know, like if you were to like godfather a roster all the way through, I think that there's so many things that you've learned that the new generation, you know, can benefit from. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely thought about it. It's just finding the right group of guys and also, like, balancing the family life I have, too, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, I'm also, like, you know, I guess not grandfathering, but literally fathering my children right now <laughs> in my own way, too. So it's, like, it's just the time investment of, like, being able to, like, do that without having to travel for super long durations at a time would be it's definitely something I'd yeah. be interested in and could be cool. So that's the key. You have to get them a house in front of your house. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. We have to just that's like exactly use, it. just a, a neighboring house. Mm-hmm. Or like Johan said, they just bring it to my house. You know? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to uh, go anywhere else, so I'm going to bring you guys here. I have to get a bigger house, unfortunately. Yeah. Are you still in Southern California without really telling anybody where you live? <laughs> yeah, I'm still in Southern California. Okay, the same. Cool. 
Cool. Yep, just a different city, but very close by to where I lived uh -huh. before. That's awesome. How is Sarah doing, dude? Good. good. She's doing good. Yeah, she's doing really well. Everyone's doing all well over here. We're all happy. I'm I'm home more often now, so that makes everyone happier. Uh, that's awesome, dude. Nice. <laughs> Home is great. I'm loving not traveling myself. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been home after doing months. it for so long. It's like definitely uh, refreshing, right? Yeah, for me, has been. I I've traveled so much, and uh, if I've been like during COVID, I was remote pretty much for a year and a half, and I was mm -hmm. losing my mind. I was like, I just want my bed. <laughs> I just want my chair. And now I'm in Madrid, and I'm flying back tomorrow uh, to LA, and then I spend two days there, and then I go to Arlington. And then mm -hmm. after Arlington, two days in LA and then Malaysia. And, yeah. and then two days there and then Saudi again. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to be jumping around again. It's all yeah, right. You're on that jet life right now. I am, I am. But, dude, like, my legs, I have to wear, like, <laughs> I know this is very embarrassing, but I have, like, uh, compression socks. Like, the yeah, pregnant yeah. ladies. <laughs> yeah, that's, my, that's my life. Like my compression socks. Do I travel with those? You do as well? I feel yeah, like... Uh, like a pregnant lady. I did for years. I did for years. Uh, Fear, my friend, it was wonderful having you here. I wish you uh, all the luck in the world. Uh, I will continue watching your stream and your Dora content. And dude, hopefully, you know, maybe we find things that we can do all together. Uh, I know Johan always wants people to come and cast the games with him. Absolutely. So if you're available, you know, pick yeah. him. Yeah. And yeah, I will yeah, make yeah. both of you. Nice. Yeah, thanks nice. for having Thank me you. on. I appreciate it. It was very fun insightful thanks for bringing me and giving me the opportunity to have a chance to talk with you guys again Fantastic. we should do it again yeah, it was amazing thank you so much my friends all right have a great day both of you